Welcome to the Ohio Ministry Network podcast. The following audio was recorded at the 2014 Synergy Conference held in Gahanna, Ohio at Pathway Church. For more information, please visit our website, ohioministry.net. All right, guys. Yeah, so I found out on Thursday that I was going to be in this Mang Sanctuary, okay? And my whole life, I've been a pastor's kid and promised I would never become a preacher. And yet, here I am. This is ridiculous. So I wanted to come off the stage, and I would love to ask. I know we have some people in the back. If you guys are part of this, I don't want this to be just a presentation where I'm just going to talk and talk and talk and talk. I want to collaborate. Um, I got a great panel that I'm going to bring up, and I'm going to share a little bit about how we do some of the things that we do. But our church might be a little bit different culture. Our church might be a little different um, in different places. But then we can kind of chat a little bit about where you guys are at, maybe answer any questions you might have, um, give you guys opportunities. Maybe, you know, other people can kind of chime in. We can kind of chat a little bit how that can relate to what you guys are doing. So could I get some of you guys to move forward a little bit? When I can't see facial expressions, then I kind of lose focus, and I'll probably just talk to these two people right here on the front. Hi, how you doing? Rhonda, nice to meet you. Very good. All right. Thanks, you guys. Um, First off, I'd like to introduce, uh, I brought some people with me that's going to kind of help share some of uh, the experiences that we've had um, from a different church, and then one is from our, actually our church, one of our volunteers to help out. So Miriam Ford, she is one of our volunteers. She is incredible. She is like my right-hand person that helps me with so many things behind the scenes that you guys have no idea that I would not be able to do. So all my weaknesses, she helps me with these things. So we're going to kind of talk through how that relationship has happened and how some of the things that she's brought to our team has helped us tremendously. So um, some of her background, she is in marketing, right? She does some stuff uh, marketing full-time, but uh, she gives more hours to us probably than a lot of other things, which I truly appreciate. Um, she comes from Hillsong, Australia. She's one of their producers. She used to help with a lot of things. And we had her at our church for eight months before we realized that she did any of that stuff. And that is not okay. <laughs> that is on us, right? Like, we, you guys have people in your church that have incredible strengths, have incredible um, experiences that we don't even know about, and they just think, well, I guess I'm just not needed, so I'll just sit back and hang back. So that's what we're going to talk about and change a little bit. Number two, we have Dustin Poole. He is the creative director at One Church with Greg Ford. Um, so he's going to bring a little bit different culture than even C3 and what we are. Uh, he's coming, yeah, their church is doing some incredible things, um, and we'll talk a little bit about that too. So I uh, appreciate Dustin and uh, Miriam being here today to kind of help. Um, again, I want this to be more of a collaboration. We'll talk about a few things, and if you guys have a question, raise your hand. And I will kind of chat through how we got that to work, what didn't work, because there was a lot of things that I failed at. There was a lot of things that I did that did not work, and I learned through. So hopefully I can help you guys work through some of those things and whatnot. So, um, you know, just trying to think about what would be the win for me to walk out of. What would be the win that if I could just say one thing that you guys would walk away and you guys say, this might work for our church, or this might change the way that I think. Okay? You know, we've been raised a certain way. Um, we've, we've thought different things. Uh, you know, I've been doing a little bit of consulting, and I, I was working with another church, and the biggest thing that I sat down and was talking with the pastor, um, the hardest thing for them to change was, these are the things that I've been taught. You know, as a pastor, I, I need to know everything that's going on. As a pastor, uh, you know, I, I need to be in the know-how, and then I, need, I need my hands and kind of all these different things. And so my biggest thing was, we, you have an incredible team. You have a team here that is, well, 
I'm just the admin, or you know what, I'm just, I'm just the secretary, or I'm just the children's director, and I just need to focus on that. And I was like, no, there are so many more things that they can do if you just empower them and make them feel valued for what they are and what they can bring to the table. You're not just an admin. You're this, 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 and this. What can that mean to your team? And when the pastor is off doing little things like, ah, you know what, I need to go to Costco and buy the cleaning supplies for the church. Do you really? Is there not someone else that can do that? And, you know, oh, well, you know, I need to take the phone call because someone wants to rent the building out. And, uh, you know, I, I probably need to be dealing with that because, you know, I, I need to know what's going on. And, you know, I make the final decision. So I'm going to spend an hour of my day uh, talking to someone about the building. No. And so the biggest thing that I had to get to him was, yes, they're open to change. But are you, are you open to giving away some of the things that you do right now that someone else can do so you can focus on doing the things that even God has called you to do. That hour might be you investing a little bit more time and learning new things. That hour might be invested into your team. You know, you guys have incredible experiences and a lot of your team members just, they just want that. It's the little things. Um, you know, Gary Fowler is our executive director, and I remember him telling me one thing, and this is really funny. Uh, he was at my dad's church a long time ago as his youth pastor, and he said, there's one thing that I remember a pastor talking to me about. He's like, we went to visitation in the hospital, and as we were leaving the hospital, he said, hey, let's go in the bathroom real quick and wash our hands. And he's like, well, what is that? He's like, every time we leave the hospital, you should always wash your hands. And he's like, and I never got sick. And he's like, every time I bring someone, I say, hey, on the way out, hey, let's go wash our hands at the hospital. As simple and as silly as that is, that made an impact on him. You guys, the life experiences that some of you pastors and some of you leaders have, those are the things that you need to start passing down. It's something, even if it's silly, as we're going to wash your hands, that, you know, that, that might not be the main thing. But it might be, hey, you know what? This is what I've noticed. As you're pulling your team around, hey, you know what? Watch how I handle this situation here. Or, hey, watch how I talk to this person. Hey, what's going on? It's so good to see you. You look great today. You know what? You're hitting their love language. You're hitting all these things. You're making them feel. You guys know how to shepherd people. You know, you pastors, you guys know how to pull these things out of these people. And some of your team needs to learn that. And some of the, they feel valued when you guys invest the experiences that you have into them. And I think that is such a big part of what you guys can do and what you guys need to do in those, some of those things. Um, so I guess the biggest thing for me is what kind of thinking can we talk about and change that can make the biggest impact on your church? And, you know, for me, I've always been, um, the support guy. I've always been the doer. I've been the behind the scenes. You know, my dad's a pastor, my brother's a pastor, and I'm like, I am the guy that comes in behind the scenes, and I want to make it look good, and I want to make it sound good, and I want to create the best media and the graphics and do all these different things. Um, that's just what I do. That's what I've always done. And then when I, so when I got called and asked to become the creative director, it kind of changed things. So now I was a support role where I just did all these things. All of a sudden, now I'm in a leadership position where I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The first time that I had one of my teammates come to me and say, I just don't know what to do. You know what? My brother-in-law had an affair on my sister and I just don't know what to do. It's, it's killing me. It's tearing me apart. What do I do? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Let me ask my brother. Uh, you know, like, what? I'm not a pastor. This is not what I signed up for. But you know what? It is what I signed up for. This is what God has called me to become. And even for me, and those things that I've been holding on to that I've had to let go, that I've had to say, you know what? I should not be the only one that knows how to do that. Uh, you know what? I love doing that. I truly enjoy doing these things. But if God has called me to be this leader, then that's what I needed to be to my people, you know? And 
just that paradigm shift in my head has changed how I am starting to do things with my volunteers and do things with my team. And it's for them, it's no longer, hey, I need you to come in church and hey, I need you to come and can you run PowerPoint for me? Hey, uh, can you do this for, can you do that for me? And coming from a church, we're a, a decent sized church, but we run 160 volunteers every service, every week, which is a ton for us to try to get volunteers. And I'm desperate. I'm freaking out because, you know what? The vision of our pastor is planting churches. You know, in 2013, we planted seven churches and we gave away 200 people. These were our, the most dedicated volunteers that we've had. These were the people that, the tithe payers, these are the ones that were at our church every week, you know, never missing a week. And all of a sudden, we just gave them away. And now they're at other churches doing incredible things, no doubt. But then all of a sudden, I'm like, <gasps> Now what do I got to do? And I'm out there begging, please, please come be part of our team. We can't do this without you. And da, da, da. And they're like, yeah, nah, I'm really busy. Or, uh, you know, they just weren't coming. And I'm like, God, what is it in me? Why are people not coming to be part of this? I'm freaking out. People are not showing up. I'm having to run camera every week when I shouldn't be because I got to be focused on, you know, service producing. I got to be focused on all these different things. And here I am. And it really kind of hit me. Um, that, you know what? We, I am not focusing my energy on creating an environment for people to be part of this team, which sparked a whole new thing. And, and the vision of what our creative team is, my whole purpose and my goal is to create an environment for people to experience life change. That's it. Everything that I think about is when people come in, I want to create this environment that when people walk in, they feel safe, they feel welcome. Hey, it looks good. I'm not distracted by all these things. And they come in. So that's what it is. So then I'm like, huh, how does that relate to the volunteers that I have? How does that relate to my team? Well, you know what? If I focused more on creating an incredible team, if I focused more on, you know what? This might cost a little bit more, but I'm going to get them the right equipment so when they click in buttons, it doesn't freeze up and everybody turns and looks back at the PowerPoint guy like, what in the world? Why aren't the words on the screen? Why does the sound sound so bad? Why do all these things happen? You know what? I need to set them up for success. So that is my goal as a creative director. That is what I do. So I'm going to go in. I'm going to set them up. I want to get them the right equipment they have. And then I'm like, you know what? I've had people that I've asked, hey, I need you to be part of this. Yeah, I'll be part of it. And they get on. And then, you know what? I, I'm just too busy. I got caught up over here. And you know what? I, I'm just, I'm doing too much stuff over here. I need to be over here. And they're just like, well, I got some on my own. And they'll do it. And then I'll miss a Sunday. And then I don't know about it. So then I got to run camera and they'll come back. And you know what? That's on me. That was on me because I didn't say, hey, what can I do to help you? What can I train you with? I didn't train them properly. I didn't spend enough time with them. I didn't make them feel valued. I made them feel used. I basically was like, hey, we need you to do this because we're desperate. So I'm begging people to be part of this team. But when I changed my mentality and said, what can I do to add value to you? What can I do to give you more opportunity? Because seriously, before they, people come to church, I mean, who runs PowerPoint for a living? Not many people. You know, who creates graphic? Who does all these different things? There's not many people out there that say, yeah, this is what I get to do for a living. So these are new skill sets that they're probably intimidated by. And if you're just saying, hey, I'm just going to throw you in a mix and learn by fire, then who in the right mind would ever want to be part of something like that? I mean, right? So my goal is to... Here's the, here's the best equipment that I can give you for the budget that I have, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that you're set up for success. You know what? I'm going to make sure that we do trainings as much as possible, and if there's something you want to learn, I'm going to make sure that this happens, whether it's me or someone else that I create on my team. You know, what kind of value can I have them 
feel part of this team. You're not just, you're not just helping with video. You're not just helping with media. You guys are so much more. And when you guys stand up and you guys, I need you training other people as you're doing this. I don't want you just to show up on Sunday, do your thing and walk away. No, you know what? I want you to find someone and get them to be part of this team. And that was the biggest thing. Even my team leaders, Miriam being one of them, I'm like, how do we make people feel when they walk up here that we're not going to judge them? They're going to feel valued. They're going to feel part of this team. And when they walk out of there, they're like, man. And you know what? Two weeks ago, I had a guy sit there, and he's like, he just started shadowing, we call it, where he comes in for a week and just watches what we do. And he's like, you know, I was at a church, and I loved what I did because it was, it was me giving back. But he said, I sat there, and I messed with a computer that was too slow, and it kept freezing up, and everybody kept looking at me, and I would always get blamed for it every week, and it just tore me down every single week. He's like, but this equipment's awesome. And he's like, when I come up here, I had like three different people come up and say, hi, hey, how can I help you? And walk me through exactly what this is going to look like and say, hey, I just want you to look at this. I want you to watch what we do. And they said they were having a good time. They were laughing. There was nobody putting anybody down. But man, when it was time for service, it changed everything. Man, everybody got focused and we hit the, you know, we nailed every single transition that we were supposed to hit. And then afterwards, we're having a good time. He's like, this is a team that I want to be part of. And I'm like, that's it. That's what we have to create. We have to create an environment that people walk in and say, I, I do. This is, where I, this is where I belong because they truly care about me. I'm not going to be judged. They're going to give me my equipment. They're going to train me in the right way. This is it. I mean, I just landed a guy, and this is really what hurts my heart, okay? I just landed a guy that's been at our church for a year and a half, okay? I've been begging for, like, video people. I've been begging for, like, I need technical people. I just don't have this. There's so many things that we're doing in our new facility that I just can't even keep up with. I'm the only one that's got to do it, Lord. Give me this. So this guy comes out of work. He's like, yeah, I've been coming here for about a year and a half. He works at the Apple store. I'm like a Mac guy. I mean, we could have been best buddies this whole time. I didn't even know, right? He works at the Apple store. He's like, yeah, I went to school for video. But, you know, I see that you guys do really good video. I just didn't think I was needed. No one really kind of reached out to me. I'm like, oh, dude, you hurt my heart, bro. I'm like, I am sorry. And so it's what we did. And this is what was really cool about Miriam. I'm like, Miriam, you're in market. I'm not thinking correctly. Like, what, what do I need to do to change this stuff? And dude, she came in and just laid it out, man. And sometimes you got to have those people that got your back, but they'll tell you straight up, listen, mm-mm, you're doing it wrong. Like you need, to, you need to own up. You need to man up. You need to be the leader that God has called you. I'm like, ah, ah, you're right. You're right. Let's do this. And she's like, what if we created a position, okay, called creative L&D, okay? And I'm like, is that like labor and delivery? And I'm like, is that because most volunteers act like babies? No, I wouldn't say that outside this, right? That wasn't even my notes. I shouldn't even have said that. But I said, no, it's creative learning and development. So I'm like, you're right, because there's so many things that we got to focus on each week that you're right. I don't have the time. I mean, I'm over worship and media and IT and web and sound and video and all these different things that I'm sitting here focused on. My brain can't even handle this. But I'm like, what can we do to create this environment and create a position that their sole focus is strictly on the volunteers that I have? I said, what if, she's like, what if we created a position that they as soon as someone is like shows a little bit of interest or someone comes up and says, hey, so-and-so has some skill set. Why don't you look at them? That man, this person is on them. And they are instantly that Sunday that they find out that they filled out the connection card. Yeah, I'll, I'll be a part of this. Or hey, so-and-so did this. They connect them. Hey, can we just meet for coffee? And this person meets with this person for coffee and they're like, hey, not that, hey, we have this position and this position that needs filled, but tell me a little bit about your passion. Tell me a little bit about your heart. Tell me a little bit about what makes you tick. What is it that you think could bring the most value to this team? And then those person will start to share, well, you know, I kind of like this stuff. And, and this person is so good at just pulling this out of them, pulling just, you know what, 
we are going to show them that you are valuable. That, you know what, it's not just here's a position that needs to be filled, but like what is it that I can get you in where, you know what, this is the gift that God has given you and that you can give back. What, what is that? What does that look like for you? Well, you know what? I, I kind of like this or I kind of like that. Hey, you know what? Let's try this. What if I put you in, in this role and we'll train you and you shadow? And if you're like, ah, this just isn't it, you know what? We'll find somewhere else. And I don't care if it's not even in my department. If it's children's, if it's, you know, uh, first impressions, whatever that is, our sole purpose is to be able to help find this person and then to fit them in a place where they can say, I do add value to this team. I bring something to the team that I didn't know that I had. That is the biggest concern. So this person's sole responsibility is this. And then she takes this person and she calls her other team leaders because we have leaders that we call it rostering or scheduling of our media people. So we have people that's over media that their sole purpose is to help with the training and then they do... um, they do scheduling for media. And then we have lighting. We have our own lighting guy that schedules people for lighting and then video and those different things. So then this creative L&D, they come in and they're like, hey, I got you this guy. And this is what I want, man. This, this is their personality. This is the things that they love to do. Now it's your turn. I want you to connect with them. And then they connect with them on a different level and said, hey, we'd love to have you. Thank you for joining up. And then we bring them in. And then this person trains them. Now the creative L&D position, their role is to come in and say, hey, how you doing to our team leaders? Hey, have you been scheduling? It's accountability. It's just holding on. Hey, what's going on? And they meet with them like once a week or every other week to say, what's going on? What, what new things do we need to teach you? How's your training coming? What is it that we can do that can make it a little bit easier for you? You know, what processes do we have in place so you know exactly when a new person comes in, this is exactly how the training is supposed to go so it's not just flighty every which way when someone else comes in. So this whole new position is solely focused on our new people and helping develop our team. And it's been nuts. We're almost having to turn people away because people were like, man, you guys' team is great and I've never felt so valued in my entire life and I get to come to church and I get to be part of something bigger and I get to be part of something that is creating an environment for people to, to experience life change. So then when I make sure that I have our meetings on on Sunday, I go every week, guys, you know what we had? We had eight people give their hearts to Christ this week. When you guys are here at 5.45 in the morning because we're doing setup in the school now, when you guys are here on Thursday nights and you're given all this time and sometimes it's just painful, eight people gave their heart to Christ. That's life change right there. And this is exactly what we do every Sunday now. And you know what? Just now starting, I'm going to start sharing more of the life change stories. I mean, we get incredible life change stories through our Facebook and through email and different things of like, I just, you know, I've never been to church in my life. Or, you know, I, I was an atheist and then I came to church and I've never experienced anything like this because I truly felt like, you know, they truly cared. There was no judgment or there was no this and there was no that. And I'm like, that's the thing. That's the life change that we need to create. And the biggest thing for me, I always felt bad. And I talk to a lot of people who are like, well, I, I hate begging. I hate to ask people because, you know, they work 40-hour-a-week jobs or more. And here I am trying to, uh, you know, do all these different things. And then I know they're tired. And they just want to come to church to be fed. And I don't want to do this. That is wrong. Listen, God has given people gifts, okay? And when they give back to God, it's the same thing with tithing. I mean, when you pay your tithes, does God not bless you? It's the same thing when we give of our gifts that God has given us then God blesses us. And if I'm selfish enough to say, I don't want to ask them because I feel bad about it, then I'm going to have to answer the God. Now, this is my, this is for me, okay, guys? This is not for everybody. But I'm like, I had to look at it that way to say, you know what? I'm going to create as much opportunity as I can for people to give back. I don't care if I have to create roles. I don't care what that is, but I'm going to give as many people an opportunity to use their gifts for God. 
That's what it is. And listen, it's changed everything. We're getting, like I say, Miriam was at our church for eight months before someone, before she's like, I guess they just didn't need me. I mean, she was working with a church of 30,000 producing these amazing things, and she's at our church. I don't know how she's at our church. I still don't know how she's at our church, but she's there. And she loves our church because she has buy-in. She adds so much value to our team, you know. And we, it's all about team. It's all this. And how can we do these things to, to create an environment for people to experience life changes and all that we do? I can go on all day about that, but I'll move on a little bit. So, um, so I, a little bit, I'll, I'll kind of share through a little bit of how we uh, run our creative meetings and, and how our creative team kind of helps with some of these things. And then I'll kind of open it up to the panel a little bit to, to chat a little bit about how they do it at their church and what works, what doesn't work. Um, and we're learning this, guys. Like, we're not perfect. Listen, every week we cut something out and then we try something new. In fact, this past week, I'll share a little bit too. Uh, we're starting to do things that's kind of changed the way that uh, we've d- done a lot of things. And, it, and it's tough. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Pastor Conan, uh, he has been speaking, you know, he's been preaching his way for a long time. I mean, it's been a long time that he's been a youth pastor. He's created his own notes. He's done all this other stuff. It's always been on him. He, um, he you know, he does all of his own um, uh research and stuff on the internet. He's, he gets all of his own stuff, and he puts it together week after week after week. And I'm like, bro, you have a creative team now. Like, let us be involved. What can we do to, to help you, to help you come up with ideas? What is it that we can do? I said, dude, we're not here to come up and, like, take your sacred cow. We're not here to come up and, and take what the vision that God has given you and to create something and then hand it back and you preach it. That's not what we're here for. But how can we help if we can bring it to our creative, t- creative team and we have different type of people that I just, you know, we have one person on the team that is just all about the Bible. They know the Bible inside and out. They want nothing more than to just sit there and read the Bible and look up scripture and all these different things. I said, we have creative people that think on a communication level of like, how are we going to take, you know, this message and what can we do with social media and what can we do with our brochure and, and how we communicate it to, um, to take this whole jumble mess and then come up with something that when people walk in, it's very clear and concise of how we communicate it. You know, what, you know we have another pastor in there who is like, they're the most intentional person I've ever met. Every single word that they preach is intentional, but they might not communicate it the same way that Pastor Conan does because Pastor Conan is charismatic and he's just big vision and he just— you know, he, he brings it a whole different level, but having someone who thinks on a little bit different level, hey, when you think through this, what if we change this wording here or that wording, and we can make this fit a little bit better because it matches with the things that we do. We do pace groups at our church, okay? It's uh, we're three to five people, same gender, get together. We try to get them together weekly where they pray together, they hold each other accountable, they confess, or just be authentic with each other, just be open, and we encourage each other. So these pace groups, everything we do is to get people in a pace group, okay? So th- it's something that, like, and I have my own pace group, and I meet weekly, and it's been incredible for me because it's people that I can just say, hey, man, you know what? This is what I'm struggling with, man. You know, I, I, I'm struggling with this, or I just, I'm, I'm just feeling down, man. Can you just pray for me? You know, what is it that I can pray with you? So everything we do is, is on pace. So when we're sitting talking through his message, it's like, okay, how is pace going to be put into your message? What does that look like for this week? Well, I guess when I got to think differently on that, okay, yeah, I can fit right here. Dude, that's perfect because pace is, is, is our lifeblood. These, you know, that's life change for us in our church. So these are the things. So what are the non-negotiables that I sit down um, and look through? You know, for me, as the, the communicator or the creative director, I think through multiple things that I have to have go on. Um, okay, for the message this week, you know what? I'm, or a series, I'm going to need an intro video. I'm going to need a promo for the week earlier because I want to show something to get people excited for what that next week is going to look like. Um, graphics. 
What does graphics look like for this? Um, social media strategies, what is that going to look like? You know, so how are we going to communicate um, through Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all these different things? And some people are like, wow, that's a lot. Why do you feel that you have to do that many social media things? Well, you're reaching a different person with every different social media that you use. Not everybody's going to be on Facebook. Not everybody's going to be on Twitter, but you might get some other people that's on Instagram, and that's all they do. You know, some other people might go straight to the website, so we push it to that. You know, so we try to hit a wide variety of things, especially with our church um, young families. A lot of them, you know, they get it. So we try to push out what's the best way that we can use social media for that. So what is our strategy? You know, have you guys thought through what that strategy looks like, how you communicate? How many, how many weeks out do you guys push stuff out? You know, there's that process that has to happen or else they could just become chaos. And, oh, I forgot to do this. I'm going to throw it out now. And it starts to confuse people. Wow. Okay, well, I got this one two weeks ago, but then this one came out the day before and I wasn't prepared for that. And create those processes that change the way that people um, view your social media strategy. Um, you know, we're even getting to the point where we're, we want to create countdown videos. So at the beginning of our service, uh, we're noticing <laughs> moving from a smaller church to a bigger area where they have to drive a little bit farther. They got to park. They got to walk farther. They got to go in there. So when we start at 930, we do a five-minute countdown. So now, you know what? We're going to create a countdown video that has to go with that series and what that is going to look like. So it's trying to think through what is it that I got to think through that is going to transition really well with how I... Um, how we talk through our service and what that is going to look like. So those are some of the things that's going on in my head. And if all that is going on in here, I can't be thinking about uh, that word or this word or whatever. So I got to create a team around me. I got to bring in the right people that is going to think differently than me, that is going to bring um, a whole different thought process to uh, to this table. And a lot of it is like, you know, one of our, our guys, which it blows me away, was, well, I'm just not a creative person. Okay. Let me, let me try to think through this. You're not a creative person. So he wasn't giving certain ideas that he had. And, I, and then when he would throw things out, I'm like, dude, that's brilliant. Why would you not have said that? Well, I'm just not a, I'm not a creative person. So then I realized where he was going with this. Number one, he was like, well, I don't want to be a crutch on, you know, what you're doing. You're the creative director, and I don't want to do it. I'm like, listen. I said, here's what I've, I've figured out about you. I said, I figured out that you communicate on a different level than I do. You think on a little bit different level than I do that I never experienced before. So when you throw these ideas out, you have been intentional about how you thought about it, that I'm over here thinking about some of the detail stuff. And I said, so maybe I didn't think about how is that going to portray, you know, for the whole communication of the church. Okay, I'm, I might just be thinking creative, or I might be thinking of, of the, the service, which is what I'm pretty much over, you know. Uh, but there's there's so many more touch points uh, to before people get into the service. So he's thinking communi communicating on that level, or maybe I just didn't think of that. So I said, please throw these ideas out. And we figured out that I am not the creative of, I'm going to pop these things off my head and they're incredible. But I'm that guy that when you're like, hey, what do you think of this idea? And then I'm like, whoa, bro, I can take that, man. I can, I can feed off of that. I can, I can create something off of that that's going to uh, take it to a whole other level, man. That's, that's the gifting that God's given me. So it's trying to figure out how do I fit in and how do each of these people fit in. I mean, I went to my team, and, and this changed a view of a lot of things, is I had them each do the Strength Finder. You guys heard of the Strength Finder 2.0 test? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, guys, I w once we did this and we sat down around and talked about it, I'm like, I viewed you differently. I, I never knew that those were your top two strengths. So I was having you do things that is probably not your strengths, but they're saying, hey, I just want God to use me. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. That's not what I want. I want to be able to figure out what my team is, and I want to be able to figure out the best way that I can, you know, uh, use the strength that they have. I mean, this is belief, and this is uh, empathy. That's incredible. Like, 
I don't have empathy. I don't feel bad about nothing. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. But I said, you know, this might be something that is a gifting. And, and now I realize that things hit you so hard. And now I realize that when you're just feeling down, you just need a little bit of a break or you just need someone to say, hey, what can I pray with you for? That's what I've been called to do. So I think it's the biggest thing is find out what is that what is that team? What can that team bring to you? And there's incredible people in your churches, whether it's a church, you know, of 10,000, of five, of 100, of 50, whatever that is, there's people there that have not been tapped into. And our goal is to get out there and find them and to create opportunities, create a place that they feel like, ooh, I want to be part of that because I know that no one's going to judge me and oh, I'm not going to get up there and look like a fool or I'm not going to get embarrassed by going and be part of that team. I want to be part of that team because they look like they're having a great time. They look like they're exciting. They're changing people lives. They're doing things that's making an impact. And for us, that's life change. I mean, that's our, that's our word, man. We put life change in everything. What is the life change that we're having, and why are we having that? It's our team. Our team is bringing that, and people are excited about coming to that. So that's kind of the biggest thing um, that we've noticed. Um, yeah, I, another thing for us, too, is um, how we prepare. Um, and I'll just walk through a little bit of a week on, and this is changing, too. Uh, so Mondays is kind of, um, we talk through a little bit about our schedule. So Sunday, what happened on Sunday? So 9 to 10. We, <laughs> this is kind of funny, but we went, um, sat down, and our executive director, which I thought he was loony because I'm totally ADHD, and I could not figure out how this was going to work for me. But he brought us all in for a day, and he's like, listen, guys. He's like, we're going to sit down, and we're going to go through each one of your schedules hour by hour for the week. And I'm like, what? Are you crazy? I'm like, dude, I got so much stuff going here and there. I don't know what's going to happen. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, this is what we're going to do. And I'm like, all right, all right. So I was like, this, this is ridiculous. I'm like, you know, this is going on in my head. I'd never say it out loud. But I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. I, I just don't work that way. You're putting me in a box, you know, like I'm a, I'm a creative man. You don't do that to us, right? That's, that's my crutch my whole life. Okay. So I'm like, and he's like, listen, this is what we're going to do. So we went through hour by hour. And as I started going through it, I started realizing I have to get things off my plate. I'm doing things that I shouldn't be doing. And then I started realizing like, dude, this could make a difference in how I do stuff because maybe because I am ADHD and it's hard for me to focus for long periods of time, you know, doing, breaking these things up into hour time slots or two hour time slots is going to change the way that I do stuff. And then he's like, and make sure that you add available and margin in there. Make sure that you add time because you're not going to get everything done. And there might be someone that walks up in your office and says, hey, or hey, gives you a call, hey, can we meet? I, I just need to chat. I just need to talk. And I'm like, absolutely. You know what? On Wednesday, I had that time. On Thursday, I had that time. Instead of dropping everything and going and doing that, because the domino effect that's going to happen, because you know what? That time that I just dropped and went off to do this, you know, that was when I was going to create all the media for Sunday. So what's getting pushed? What is that domino effect that's happening that is not going to get done because, you know what, I, I needed to run to Costco or I needed to run here and to the Apple store because I love going to the Apple store because I wanted to pick up something, you know? Like, that shouldn't what I be doing. But, but having available margin that I can fill in those gaps, dude, let me tell you, it has changed my life. Listen, I got to the point I even have on my personal schedule. I have date night on Thursday nights now. Listen, I've always talked about doing date nights and never did it. It's on my schedule, and I live on my schedule now. So I'm like, honey, it's date night. So, you know, I'll bring flowers or whatever that is. But here it is on my calendar. Here it is on my schedule. And I'm going to make sure that that happens. And I'm going to do everything I can to live by that schedule because I've thought through it. I've processed through that. And it's, you know, I can work from 9 to 10. You know what? Let's review Sunday, and we're going to walk through that and talk through the things that has to go on this week, and we're creating our task list. And then do once 10 hits, all right, I'm moving on to the next thing. 
okay, what's this look like? All right, I'm going to start doing catch up and I'm going to get up to this point. And things are getting done that weren't getting done. And when I notice that I'm getting these things done, and then it's freeing up my time to start thinking creative. I have an hour on Wednesday that I just get to sit back in my office and close my eyes and just dream. I'm like, what is that next big thing? What is, it, what is that next step that I can do? And I've never been able to do that because I've had so many other things. This job is way bigger than me, okay? This job, I, I don't have the hours. I don't have the strength, the creativity to do the things that I'm doing. Hence, again, the team approach. And I have the incredible teams like Miriam that's going to, hey, I'm going to help you with this and I'm going to help you with that. But going through my schedule, it's, it's helped me create, um, it, it's helped me plan these things out so I can be more creative and be able to invest the time that I need to. So I, I recommend that. It's hard. It is not fun. It's like doing a budget. For me, it's not fun. But when you sit down, I mean, we do that with our money. Why would we not do that with our time and live by it? So that's been a huge key for me, I think, with that. And because of that, you know what I get to do now? I get to call up my team members and say, hey, let me take you out for lunch. I get to call up, you know, so-and-so who has been, is new to our team and say, hey, look, man, I got this really cool idea I want you to be part of. Let me, let me help you walk through because my strength of the video. Let me show you how I produce. Let me show you how I storyboard these things. Let me show you these things. I've never been able to do that before. And they're like, wow, they care enough about me that I get to be part of this, that I get to help create something that is going to be shown on their website or shown on Sunday morning. I don't know, whatever that is. So the, the biggest thing, yeah, so that's been really huge for me and the, and the creative team that I've had to and how we kind of collaborate with um, our schedules and what that looks like. So Monday is kind of reviewing. Tuesday is our creative meeting. This is where we sit down with Conan. And here's what's beautiful, okay? I have all the videos done. I have all the sermon notes. I have all the graphics done for the next two full sermon series, okay? Two sermon series. That's like three months worth of stuff that I'm already done with. And you know what that opens up for me? That opens up for me on Easter when we're like, this is Easter. What can we do? What can we dream about to be able to create something that I've never been able to do because I've just been bogged down? And the idea was brought out. What if we do, who's seen the Lego movie? Anybody? Two people. Great. Okay. Go see the Lego movie. Okay. Everything is awesome. All right. What if we created something around everything is awesome in the Lego movie? And we could go talk about the special and the craggle and all these different things that went on with this. And then what can we, you know what? Two weeks before we have Easter, we have extravaganza. We have a thousand, over a thousand people that come to this outreach and we've never really done anything with. And what if we could take this whole idea for everything is awesome, and what if we created, like, full-size Lego characters? And what if we got cool shirts with Lego people that had, like, C3 right here on it, and it says everything is awesome? And what if I got 36 people that their whole purpose at this outreach was to just love on people and get kids excited? Man, you got to come to our church. We're going to have Lego characters. We're going to have Legos they are going to give out to the kids. We're going to do all these different things. You guys got to see, and we're just blast them with this. So instead of taking money and be, like, sending out flyers and come to our church on this, no, you know what? We're going to take that money and invest it in the outreach that we have. I mean, we're creating a four-week uh, video that's going to be leading up each week. Okay, this is kind of funny, but it's uh, the Easter Bunny. Okay, this is for egg promo. And basically, it's going to open up. I'm going to give you my idea. Don't steal this yet. Okay, actually, you can steal. I don't care. So we're going to open up, and the Easter Bunny is laying on the ground, beat up, right? And they're figuring out, what happened to the Easter Bunny? 
what, what, what happened? He's laying on the ground, and we do this whole type of investigation, and we do these interrogation rooms, and each of our directors is getting interrogated. And we have good cop, bad cop, just like in the Lego movie, right? Good cop. We know you did it. We know this is you, and we're going to create this whole vibe, right? And this whole, we're going to create this whole kind of thing. Who did it? And all their alibis are going to lead up to looking like they did it, but we don't know who did it. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to take our social media strategy, and then each week we're going to push it out on Twitter. Hey, hashtag this. Who done it? You know, hashtag we want to get our church involved and get people excited about how we're going to use this, okay? So now we just made this interactive. We got our church involved. We got outside people involved. Who do you think did it? Did Dan do it? The Connections Pastor? Did Josh, the Creative Director? Did who? So who did it? And everything they're going to do is going to look like that. And each week is a different person they're interrogating until the Sunday after extravaganza, we're going to do the big reveal, and it's going to be funny. And then the next week is Easter. So we want to get people, we want this thing to go viral. We want to get people excited about it. We want to get this in the community because and all these things that we're coming up with and these ideas we're coming up with, I've never been able to do before because I've always been like, all right, it's Tuesday. Let's talk about the service on Sunday. Okay, this is Tuesday afternoon, and we'll sit through, and we'll come up, and all these ideas will flash through my head, and all I can think about is all the things on my plate, and all I can think about is there's no way that I have time to create that video, but I guess we'll just throw this out. I'll go to YouTube and pull something off, you know. And then Wednesday is meetings most of the day. And then Thursday is our Sunday prep. And then Thursday afternoon, we sit down and we talk about what I was able to get together. And then, okay, are you ready? I guess you're ready, so let's do this, okay? So that's what it used to be, okay? And this was recently. That's what it used to be. And I'm stressed out of my mind because there's no way that I can come up with these kinds of things. So what is it that we had to change? So we went out and we're like, all right, let's talk to these sermon messages months out. Let's, let's talk through this. So we took Conan out. We got him away from the office, and we sat down, and we're like, all right, we know it's alter ego. What is this, 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 this? And we were able to come up with these things. So now, on Tuesday, it's like, hey, this is what we have for your service. These are the things. Let's talk through how you're going to preach it and whatever. And then on Thursday, <laughs> you guys are going to love this, we make Conan stand up in front of us and preach it on Thursday. Who doesn't want to preach an extra time, right? But we're like, yeah, nobody wants to do that. Okay, but what does that do for, for Conan, okay? This gets Conan familiar with what he has, the topic he has, okay? We've already taken his notes on Tuesday. I've already spread it through our team, and we've come up with all these, like, different ways to be intentional with it. So we took his notes that he gave us. We had five people look at it and become intentional. What about this wording, and what about that wording? We give it back to him. He takes it on Thursday. He gets up, and he preaches it. And you know who's in there? Our pastors are in there. So we have Dan, our Connections pastor. We have Tony, our youth pastor. I'm in there to kind of figure out how the flow of the service is going to go Sunday. We have Gary, our executive director. We have Stacy, our children's pastor. So now what happens? It's not just him preaching. Now he gets to mentor us, okay? His communication style. Hey, this is why I come up with the notes the way that I do. You guys have experienced it. This is the way to give back. So now Conan, at any point, we can raise a question. Hey, why did you do that? Why, why did you do that story? And how did you feel that it flowed with that? Well, this is what I was thinking. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That's really cool. I never thought of it that way. And I'll take notes on communication style. This is how Pastor Conan preaches. And I might be a little bit different, but I can take stuff off. So then it becomes a mentoring opportunity. It becomes an opportunity that I noticed just about three times every time. He's like, ooh, I better not say that. Ooh, I don't want to say that. Or, ah, you know what, I'm going to word this a little bit differently. And it's changed the way that we're doing. So then 9.30 is not the service where he's, we know that he's winging it, and we know that he's trying to figure out and process through. Then 11.30, man, he nails it every week. That is by far the best service. That is a service that I video. But why can't 9.30 be that service? So we've created this 
whole thing that now, would Conan have done that on his own? Pastor Conan? No, absolutely not. But you know what? This is helping me because then I get to visually see how he's going to communicate this. And then I'm going to be able to say, hey, you know what? This kind of popped up. What if we try this a little bit? What if we do this little sound effect? What if we do these kinds of things? It's changed the way that we view our things. So I know that a lot of you guys don't have maybe necessarily, oh, we have a creative staff or we have these kind of things. But like I say, there's people in your church that you don't know about that if you just tap in them, they can do these same things. You just got to add value. You got to give them value, give them opportunity to be part of what this is. Some of us have to let go of the things that we're holding on to to be able to do this. It's hard. There's no doubt about it. I'm still struggling with leaving some of the technical things that I like to do because I'm a tech nerd. But you know what? I can be doing other things that God's called me to do rather than these kind of things. So this is kind of how we run our creative, our our, um, services, our week. That's what it kind of looks like. It's changing. It's varying. (laughs) It's different every week. But each time we're taking, yeah, this really worked. You know what? I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do that. So that, in a nutshell, is a little bit of a basic thing. So I'm talking and talking. So I want to kind of open this up to the panel. I'd love to open this up to some of the questions that we might have, um, just to kind of say, hey, how does that relate? What can we do different? I mean, you know, we're not even near what that looks like, or maybe we're past that. What can you do to share with us? That might say some things. Yes. The letter C and pace is confession, which is authenticity, which is... this is in my heart, man. I just need to share this with you, man. You know what? This is what I'm struggling with. This is what's holding me back in life. This is, you know, these are the things that's just going on that I just need to get out. I have nobody else to talk to. But you guys, man, I, you know, I love you guys, man. You guys, you guys are here for me. I've heard your guys' confession. Now you hear mine. So, all right. I'm going to open this up to Dustin. I want Dustin to talk a little bit about one church's point of view a little bit and kind of where they come from, what they, how they kind of do some of their creative stuff. He's got some great points, I think, that uh, we'll hit. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, really good stuff. Um, one thing I was thinking about when you were talking is just the whole idea of preparation. And preparation is huge, uh, but there's also a little bit of the aspect of, okay, if I over-prepare, do I allow God the opportunity to speak in, uh, in, in the moment, in that week, or that day before you preach the message, do we give God the opportunity to speak to us as well? And the more I think about it, the more I realize preparation actually adds value. If you think about it, preparation gives God, <laughs> it gives God the opportunity. You plant that seed and gives God the opportunity to speak to you over a longer period of time. And so, for example, what we do um, with our teaching series, our message series, is we usually go on a road trip in the fall, usually like a three-day road trip um, with Greg, our lead pastor, and a couple of uh, people on our team. And what we do is we plan out the whole next year of teaching series. And that could be as detailed as we know exactly what we're going to speak on, the text, you know, the, the, uh, the topic. Or it could be just, I, we just feel like we want to do a series on relationships during these two months. And it can be detailed, it can be broad. But what it does is it gives us a skeleton to think about. We put the meat and bones on later. But it gives God that opportunity to speak to us over that long period of time. If we go on a trip in the fall, we have, you know, usually... Six months ahead is when Greg is putting the meat and bones on the series of what he, what he feels like God is speaking to him to talk about. So let's not shy away from that word preparation. I think that's huge. Let's give God, you know, a ton of opportunity, a ton of time to let that seed grow in our heart and speak to us on what we, uh, what we want to share about. All right, I'm going to give this to Miriam. She's going to talk a little bit. Good morning. Okay, so I'm excited. How much time are you going to give me? I'll do five minutes. 
Okay. Um, so I do sound bites. So um, just thought I'd give you guys some like quick hits of what does and doesn't work for us. And I'm, I'm caffeinated and sarcastic. So that's the disclaimer. I am saved. Um, Josh and I work really well together because we are completely different. Josh hunts for his food and I go to Kroger. Josh wears normal jeans. I prefer skinny jeans. Josh and I could not be more different and do not work any better than I think any team can because we trust each other and we respect each other and we're both saved. <laughs> Three key things. I trust Josh. We might not always have the same opinions on things, but he's the creative director and where he goes, I'm going to help support him. I've got his back. If he misses something, my job is not to expose that. My job is to cover that and to help him because the end of the day, salvation is what we're going for. Life change is truly what we're going for, and we just do it through a creative output. So my father is an accountant. My mother is an artist. So I have a great, I love spreadsheets, and I love to talk about spreadsheets. So it works really well for me. So I help Josh out with kind of the details with stuff. So some things that are in my mind and that we kind of do is um, some things to think about as a rocking chair. A lot of effort, you go nowhere. So if you're going to do something, if you're going to plan an event, and if you're going to change the world, you should be going somewhere. So if you're going to talk about something, what is the end result? And then whatever you do, make it go to that end result. The rocking chair, you just, you accomplish nothing. Um, we have a lot of ideas. <laughs> we do the what if? type discussion, but we kick it around. So somebody kicks an idea out and we beat it up. And if it's still alive at the end of the discussion, then we should pursue doing it more. So when you have ideas and when you want to dream, you should have your dreamers dream. That's where the who done it, which I'm still waiting to hear the details on, um, came up with. But we have to now execute it and what does that look like? So let your dreamers dream, but let your planners plan. Because that way you're going to have global domination. So pick the right people to be in the room uh, at the same time, which is another point, which is um, if everyone looks and acts and thinks the same in your meeting, it's a bad meeting. If everyone is the same, it's a bad meeting. You're not going to get anywhere because you're the same and your church is different. You have people that wear everything, that go everywhere, that deal with situations that you'll never know about unless you get more than just people like you. When I was 18, I lived in London, and um, one of my closest friends was an 85-year-old woman who lived next door to me that survived the Holocaust. And I can't tell you what a great life change that was for me. She, I was 18, and she was in her 80s. So if everyone is like you, you're never going to learn very much. You're not going to go very far. So you need to have older people, younger people, men, women, married, single, your experiences will look different, so their outcomes and outputs will look different, and your ideas will be much more broad than if you just keep it very small. And uh, we don't take anything personal. We are um, life change. We, we have pace, but my group is called Paces because we had sarcasm to the end of it because we like to kid around with each other, but we do it out of love. I would never disrespect Josh. I'll laugh about some stuff he does, but I would never, ever disrespect him. And I think it's really important also to, to make sure that you don't take things personal. If you are going to die for the color of the carpet that gets chosen at the church, you should not be involved in the color of the carpet choice, right? Because it shouldn't matter. It should matter about who gets saved. So whether these chairs, well, there was a 10-year discussion about whether they would be red or gray, you guys just walked in and sat down. 
So you need to make sure the right people make the decisions and then walk away. I've been involved in marketing and doing large events for a long time, but Josh has, has shot at the White House. Clarify, because I said he's a hunter. Not shot, like shot, like video. I've not done that, but I've been involved in three major album recordings at Hillsong in Australia and um, been involved in some producing events. So my skill set is totally different than Josh's, but we complement each other really well because where he is weak, I am strong, which is smaller than I am weak in tons of areas where he is strong. And that's really helped our, our relationship and w with the rest of our team because we... We sound cool, and we are cool. We are very cool. Um, Josh is very cool, but we were a hot mess, and we still are a hot mess in a lot of areas because we're not perfect, and we didn't used to have any meetings or any planning or anything until we got together with more than just dreamers. We got dreamers and planners and doers so that the strategy of what we did and the execution of what we did matched. So the heart of what our pastor wants to do is shown in the video that we portray. It's not just a sloppy mess because it's hard. And then you can do things once the sanctuary is good on the youth and children's so that everywhere has the support from a creative event type planning scenario that really is, is gonna bring about that life change. Any questions? No? Oh, yeah? Our creative team is made up of one paid person that is amazing. And then it depends on what we're doing on who else we bring into the event. So we have um, our worship leader. We have, um, I'm not always in there because I travel. My job is actually based out of New York, but I'm an Ohio girl, so I live here. And um, so I'm not always at the meeting where I'll try and Skype in. Um, we have... Um, Really, it's pretty small. We, we meet with your um, admin as well, but it depends on what we're doing on who we bring into the room. So first there's that idea, and then we kind of bring about, we have a stage design guy who um, during the week makes springs, <laughs> and he helps us and makes the most amazing, amazing stage stuff. So it really depends on kind of what we're doing and to bring in all the decision makers. Josh is great about letting us stream together so that we don't come in at the last minute and it's just like, hey, this is what we're doing. But we all come together and, hey, how could stage be affected? What kind of music should we do because of that? What do the transitions look like, which is more me? What does the run sheet look like? We live by a run sheet. We believe that God can move um, on time. <laughs> and so we use it. It's not to the second, but it is to the minute or two. I mean, God can use anything. He used a donkey, but do you want to be the person that they're like, I guess, because they use a donkey, they use that guy or girl. You, you can plan and you can execute. Hillsong never, ever goes over, never by one minute. Andy Stanley tried to talk over at their church, and when, when you hit your limit, they, they have a stage screen, and it goes red, so you no longer get to see your notes. If you don't get the message five minutes later, they play you out. <laughs> the Hillsong boys come up, and they strap on their guitars, and they'll play you off the stage, because Hillsong believes if you can say it in 40 well, you can say it in 25 amazing. Because God moves everywhere when we sleep, when we eat, when we drive. It isn't just that three hours or two hours or hour and a half that your service is. And you'd be amazed when you give someone a time limit what they'll share, which is why I asked Josh if I had five or ten or an hour to talk. Any other questions? Yes.
Sure. Yeah, I, we know who our audience is. We are, we, I think we came up with the 34-year-old young family male with two and a half kids or whatever that is. So a lot of the things that we do is kind of based a little bit on that. We are, I mean, we are a church of about 800 right now, but we have like over 300 kids. I mean, it's like nuts. Like our kid program has to be like top of the line because we have just about more kids than we do adults. But uh, so that's kind of when we, when we think through um, our audience and what we're trying to do, it, it is the, the middle, you know, like I say, mid-30s kind of guy that we're thinking through. The cool thing of it is, is I'm 36 years old. So I just try to think, what would I like? And then I get to do it. Like, who doesn't want that job? Now, when I cross over, then I'll have to bring someone else on to think on that level. Um, yeah, but a lot of it is, um, it comes a little bit natural, like I say, because uh, the age group that I am trying to hit, um, and then as we're trying to think through what does the flow look like, I don't just like, ooh, that's a cool idea, let's do it. Ooh, that looks like a cool idea, let's just do that. Because I've done that for too long. I've done, you know, when we used to think through even some of the convention stuff, we're like, oh yeah, I remember we did this in the 90s, man. Yeah, let's do it, you know? And then they do something that's totally disgusting, everybody's like, dude, that's so, you know, 90s. Nobody wants to do that anymore. So I try to think about what is relevant, what is going on uh, in the world, and how people are uh, how they get information now, and then what is the best way to make that kind of fit with what we're doing. So um, I just try to think through our flow of our service. So if we're doing extravaganza or, or if we're doing, uh, you know, alter ego, that's our next series of starting up, you know. I just try to think through what are the messages that he's doing, and, and the easiest way to make that kind of flow is... It, it, is transitions for us. So um, I'm not going to do anything super crazy depending on, you know, what type of message that he's doing. So if he's doing, this is going to be the fun message. So the way that uh, Pastor Conan does it throughout the week, I don't have it exactly memorized, but it's like uh, in January, we're going to talk about the blessed life. Okay. It's the new year and, you know, we're moving forward as a church. And so we're going to talk what we have to talk about as money. Nobody likes to talk about money, but sometimes we have to talk about that. And then after money, so we just asked for a give. Oh man. So we're like, pull, okay, now I just gave back to the church. Okay. Now what can I do to give back to them? So we're going to talk about what are some, you know, fun things that we can talk about, like, um, you know, home life or family or whatever that is. So then, so we kind of fluctuate. So it's not like every month or every series is like, boom, I'm just pounding them. And I'm, I want you to give to the church and I want you to, you know, give of your time and I want you to give this, give this. So we kind of fluctuate how we do that. So we, I have to think through that as we're coming up with some of the ideas. So this message might be more drama. And so, you know, we might do more like life change videos that is, is like heart, you know, I was in addiction, and I was in this, or, you know, my, I lost my parents at this, and then they kind of share that life story, and it's just really tugging at people's hearts, and you know what? God is there for you, and God is going to give you this, and that kind of stuff. And then the next one might be, hey, let's do some fun. Let's do extravaganza. We're getting new people. We're going to have people that have never been to church. We're going to have people that might go to another church. They might try. They're trying to see some other things. What is it we can do? I want this for the kids, okay? So my focus on extravaganza, or everything is awesome, is for the kids. So we're going to have fun stuff. We're going to throw out like Lego characters with parachutes from the catwalk in this like school. So we're going to, we're going to like, what is it we can do that's fun where the parents are like, man, I get to be a kid again. You know, like everything is awesome. The Lego movie. I was crying at the end of the Lego movie. I ain't gonna lie. I did. I'm like, man, father, son, I got three kids. I'm like, I, I, I'm the special, I'm, you know, I'm president of business. Sometimes I get caught up and I'm so serious and you can't have fun and you do this, but no, man, I get to be a kid again. I'm the special, right? So 
hope I didn't give anything away. But go watch the movie. Good movie. So anyway, so I got to think through these kinds of things, and then how do I communicate that? So I think it depends on what type of sermon that we're doing, and then what type of feel do I want? What is that going to feel like when they walk in? What the music playing? What's that going to be? You know, one, we might have up fun music, and there might be some other stuff, and next is just a little bit more mellow. Like, I really want them to kind of get in that mood. So the lights might be a little bit different. We might use different colored lights for, oh, this feels really comfortable and warm. Oh, the lights are orange. I don't know. You know, or like, hey, I feel really cool. Oh, they're blue. Like, so I try to think through all those different visual effects and all the different senses that they have and, and exactly what I'm trying to get them to feel. Does that make sense? Okay. Any other questions? Yes. Great question. So uh, I'll give you three tools that we use right now that have been staple for us. So our worship software, we are Mac-driven, Apple everything. I'm a Mac guy. I'm not ashamed to say it. I still love you PC guys. It's okay. It's okay, Greg. Uh, no, but uh, so we use ProPresenter is our main one. So we run all of our, our uh, videos through it. We run all of our uh, worship through it, anything that would go on there. We did, we used to run our music through it, like our audio, like pre-service roll and stuff like that. We did take that out. We were having a couple issues with it, just the transition from sound guys and to them turning on or they accidentally click a button, it cuts off and they got to restart it. So the sound guys have their iPod with the playlist that we give them, and then they click them, and they just let it run, and they can push it up and push it down. So ProPresenter is our worship software that we use. You know, it's got its glitches, no doubt, but I love it. We recommend it. You know, we do three screens, so we do a multi-screen where we can do multiple things on different screens, so it can handle a lot of that stuff that we do. So ProPresenter. Uh, the second one is Planning Center. Who uses Planning Center in here? Ah, Yes. Life change right there, Planning Center. So Planning Center is something that all of our creative team, all of our first impressions, everybody is part of this. At any point, I can go online, type in planningcenteronline.com and sign in, and I can see the whole layout of the service by the minute. What song is going to be played, what videos are coming in. I have notes, what lights are going to be on at that time, what this. So every, any person can go on there and look at, at their thing and say, yeah, this is, okay, these are the transitions that we're having. If, they, if we change something in our service, this week's going to be a little bit different. We're doing communion and we're changing up how we do it a little bit. So uh, we're cutting out a song. We're doing this. We're doing that. So you can go on Planning Center and see, and we basically, you have it, we have it out like weeks, 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 weeks out. Some of it's just a template that we created, and we'll go in and fill it out throughout the week or whatever that is. But planning center. And then you can send out, like, emails, one email out to everybody. And it shoots, oh, a planning center. You can send out invites to, hey, I scheduled you for planning center. And confirm or unconfirm. And if you click confirm, it goes on there. So at any point, I can go online and check, hey, they got it. They confirmed it. I know there's a check mark. They're going to show up for Sunday. So it, there's a lot of things that planning center does for us. And then, yeah, we print out our run sheet we call them, that has line by line of everything and what that's going to look like with all the notes that we need for lighting, for media, sound, words, you know, it might be, there might be notes in there from the worship leader saying, hey, we're going to come in on the chorus here instead of the verse, so be prepared, that kind of thing. So planning center is great. The last thing that we use internally is Basecamp. Who's, anybody heard of Basecamp? Anybody use Basecamp? Okay, so we just started at, good job, Matt. Props. Okay, so Basecamp is it's a it's an online basically a task uh, schedule that kind of thing. So basically, we have we meet with our directors and we talk through. I have a meeting with my executive director and we talk through a bunch of stuff. He takes notes. He gives it to his admin, and then all of a sudden, I'll get 
this thing has been shared with you. And then I can click on, and there's a task list of all the things that we just talked about that maybe I personally need to get done. And then when I click that, it automatically shoots an email back to them saying, this thing has been checked. And then we can type notes. I don't understand what you mean. This is not what I thought we talked about. Whatever that is, and we can respond that way. But it's an online form that we can share with whoever we want to as a task list. So when I check, everybody gets an email. Yes, you did this task. Or if this had to do with children's, if this had to do with first impressions, whatever that is. So Basecamp is our other three. So there might be some little other things that we use. We're definitely Gmail. We, you know, we use a Gmail calendar and we sync everybody's calendar. So at any point, if Pastor Conan wants to come up and throw something on my desk, he needs to look at our calendar. Or if like, hey, I really want to be able to do this. I, you know, I want to meet with so-and-so at any point. All of our calendars are linked. I can go in and see exactly everybody's calendar. And we live by our calendars. So then I get to check, hey, so-and-so is available at this time. Hey, can you do this? Or, hey, Josh, can you meet sometime this week? I talked to my admin. Hey, can you check our calendars and do that? So we use Gmail a lot for that kind of stuff in G Drive. So, um, yes, we have 10 minutes left. Any other questions? Yes, did you say something? No, you're just giving me props. Like, what, what, okay. Yeah, hey, one more thing I want you guys to think about too is a lot of times we don't realize this, and I know this is not necessarily part of our creative, but I think like communication and how we visually do stuff is the amount of touch points, and I said it earlier, and I'm going to explain this, the touch points that happen, okay? So my sole responsibility is when people walk into this, to the auditorium or sanctuary, that that experience. So when they walk in, what happens from then on out is me, okay? So that's from the visuals, the feel, the, the music, the, you know, everything that goes on in there is me. But there's so many things that happen before that, that this is where your team comes in. This is where uh, you got to think through these things. So we have, and I, I can't even name them all off, but we have nine touch points that happen before someone comes into our sanctuary, okay? So if my responsibility is to create an environment for people to experience life change, they can check out before they even come in there, and that is huge. So when they pull up to the parking lot and it looks full, and they're just like, ah, I'm just going to go home. Or they pull up to the parking lot and there's nowhere to park and, you know, nobody's out there or, or you know, they just, whatever. That's one check. That's one touch point that they have. So if they're comfortable, they feel they walk in, okay, it's not crazy. I'm going to come to this church. And then your next touch point is when they walk into the front doors and you see their greeters. Are they smiling or are they just talking to each other? Or are they talking, hey, high-fiving someone that they know already? That's a touch point. The next check, touch point is kids check in. What are your kids doing when they walk up there? Are they screaming and crying? And do they have smiling faces? Or do they look like, oh, here we go again. We got to deal with all these little brats. And nah, 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 right? Because it shows, right? That's a touch point. People are checking out or checking in at this point, okay? So your next touch point, I mean, it could be coffee. Is your coffee hot? Is it good? Is it really bad? Nobody wants to drink your coffee? Like, whatever that is, the cafe, what does that look like? That's a touch point. The next touch point is people in your foyer. What does that look like? If you just have a bunch of people just walking around, or do you have people that you've picked out to say, hey, how's it going? You look new here. Or, hey, what's going on? How long have you been coming here? Those are touch points that make a difference in how people are going to feel when they walk into that sanctuary. So these are things that I got to think about too, because I'm over communication. So when they walk in and I have 15 banners up everywhere with different communications on everything, or I have a table over here with 25 different things, they can sign up for, that's a communication that freaks people out. They're like, whoa, I don't even want to walk over there because there's just way too many things going on. Or, or, oh, that's cool information. Okay, there's another information. And, oh, they got this going on. And then there's another thing going on. Then there's another thing going on. And, ah, I can't take it. It's too much. So we have so many things that we're trying to give out. But what is the most important how we communicate that? So the next touch point, you know, after they shake in with the ushers and they go in there, then it starts there too. So, you know, I, I tell this story to my team. And I know we have five minutes left, and then, and then uh, 
we'll end it, but um, if there's any more questions. But I tell this story to my team. I said, think about the, the, the wife that's been coming to your church for the past three years. Think about their husband is an atheist that has never been to church in her life. And every Sunday she puts on a connection card, Lord, I pray that my husband gets saved. Lord, I pray that he comes to church. And then you know what happens? That Sunday the husband wakes up and says, you know what, honey? I'm going to go to church with you. But let me tell you something when I go to your church. If it's bad, if the music is bad, if it's not what I expect it is, I'm never going to go to church again. And she's like, oh, man. So, she's, so they're in the car driving. And she's praying, Lord, I pray that when we get to the church, Lord, I pray that the, the, the parking lot attendants are out there and they're smiling. Lord, I pray that there's a parking spot that they can direct us to. Lord, I pray that when we, when we come in that the people are smiling and, and that they're shaking our hands and that they make them feel welcome. Lord, I pray that our kids aren't screaming like, oh, no, I don't want to go to kids' church. Oh, no, Lord, I pray that they smile at us, that they help us get the kids into there. Lord, I pray that the coffee's hot. Lord, I pray that the, that the cookies are good. Lord, I pray that when I walk into the sanctuary that they smile and they're handing out the, the, the handouts or the connection cards or what it, the brochure, whatever it is you guys call it, that they're handing them out, that they smile when they give it to them and that, and that they're actually pretty good and it doesn't look like clip art or it doesn't look like they just pulled something off the internet or whatever that is. Like, Lord, I pray that they put time into that. Lord, I pray that the band, I pray that they practiced, Lord. I pray that they're on key. Lord, I pray that, you know, the guitar is on and the, and the drum's on. Lord, I pray that when the pastor speaks the message, Lord, I pray that it's, it's something that God has given him and that he's not distracted by anything else, but that, you know, he can really focus and give that. Lord, I pray that closing of the altar time, I pray that you change his life, okay? Every Sunday is someone's first Sunday in your church or any other church throughout Ohio. So I have to think about that every Sunday when I'm like, man, I got to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I got to get up at 5 o'clock. I got to be there at 545 in the middle of winter when it's zero degree weather. Like these are the things that go through my head. But then I think about, no way, man. This is someone's first church. This is someone's first opportunity to come in. This is it. So everything that we've done all that time, and that's why I tell my band, dude, you guys are incredible. All that time that you invest is going to be people's life change at this church. That's why I tell them every Sunday, two people just got saved last week. Dude, the month of March, we've had 12 people give their hearts to Christ. Guys, that's because of what you do. This is the, this is the environment that we're helping to create so then Conan can do what he's called to do because that's what you guys and leaders and pastors are called to do to come in and preach, man. So build that team up that they can come and think the way that we do this. Like everything we do, we want to create this environment so when people come that they feel safe, they feel welcome. They're like, oh, everything is good, man. Everything is awesome, right? See what I did there? Everything is awesome? No, okay. But anyways, so that's kind of the biggest thing. So just think about the touch points that happen in your church. And here's what I'm saying, guys. It's not on you to make those touch points happen personally, okay? You guys have incredible people in your church. I have a Rocco, okay? I have a Rocco that I know that he's going to walk out and he's going to make people feel loved and they don't have to say a word because he's going to talk the whole time, okay? And he's going to be like, you look awesome, man. Look at those jeans. Look at that, dude. This is cool, man. I'm so glad you made it, Okay? That's a Rocco. He just thinks that he just does it every Sunday. But when you go to Rocco and say, Rocco, I want you to find five people that you've never seen before, and I want you to do that exact same thing. I want you to go up. I want you to love them. I want you to make feel welcome. Why? Really? You think I can do that? Dude, you do it every Sunday anyways. You're incredible. Ah, oh, no one's ever told me that before. I'm telling you now. Get out there and go love on people. Yeah, I can do that, right? You guys don't have to find that super creative guru right off. But you know what? Find a Rocco that's going to find that creative guru. That's what's going to make the change. You don't have to have people right now, but you've got to find the people that can go out, man. You've got salesmen in your church. You've got people that can find those kids. Oh, man, your youth pastor, talk to them. What are those youth doing, man? If you see a, a talent, help 
fire that, help fan that flame. Get that thing going, and I'm going to use you. I'm going to utilize you because you bring value to this team. So, I don't know. I just want to throw those things. I know we're pretty much almost done. Is there any other questions that you guys might have? We have three minutes. Any questions? I can make something up. Even if I don't know, I'll make it up. You guys have anything to add? What's that? Yes. Last thing we do in two minutes and under, we debrief every Sunday. Even after first service, we bring in our key teams. This isn't everybody. So this is worship leader. This is our stage manager. Whatever that is for you guys, our media, whatever that is, we bring them all together. And we're like, what worked? What didn't work? And we talk about it. And we're like, hey, we need to transition this. That transition was a little bit rough. What can we do to make that better? I go to Pastor Conan. Hey, bro, story didn't work, man. I know it meant well. It just didn't work. But I have a relationship with him, him being my brother, that I can say that to him, but it's all out of love. Or like, hey, dude, you forgot to put pace in there. Or you forgot this. Or maybe you tried to do that. Oh, man, I'll do that. And I give him a note. And he takes it up and he nails it the second time. And then after that, we sit down even on uh, Monday mornings and we debrief what happened, what worked, what didn't work. We tried something new. I'm not afraid to try something new, and it bombed. But you know what? We're going to do something a little bit different. And each time, we tweak it a little bit more, and it's working a little bit more. And people are like, this is really cool. So be thinking about your debrief and after service, and have people that you can trust. Have people that you can trust that can come up and say, Pastor, ah, I appreciate what you did, man, but I just don't think this worked or that work. And they can give. And whether you think it's right or not, it doesn't matter. You add value to them that they feel comfortable that they can come up and say, hey, this is what I noticed out here, because that's a whole different view for them from you being up on the stage. I noticed this person, this person, you know, you know I was watching Sunday, and this was great. We have a, a couple different worship leaders, and one of them is like a rocker, okay? He's up there, and I texted him Saturday night. I'm like, bro, I can't wait to hear you rock it out on Saturday or Sunday. I said, I'm pumped about this new drummer. He's incredible. We're going to rock it. He's like, you have no idea what that means. Dude, Sunday, he had his foot up. Dude, he was giving the guitar, dude. He was doing it. And I watched this new couple I've never seen before. The dude had the faux hawk. He had the leather jacket with the chains, and he was standing like this when he came in. But dude, when that music started playing, I saw his hand drop a little bit. Yeah, he was like, and they hit this transition that I didn't even know they were going to hit. And I was like, what? And the guy was like, yeah, man. Oh, and he, you know, I had to get cool again. So, but dude, I watched him. I watched that wall be broken down over what? Over that, over him rocking out, over him praising Jesus in his way. He just reached this guy that, Conan, I don't know. He might not be able to reach. I don't know, maybe. But like, we broke those walls down before Conan even got out there over something as simple. And I don't even think our worship, our worship leader even knows that. And I'm going to talk to him about it. But I got to see it. I love sitting in a crowd and I turn to watch people and I watch different things of what works, what doesn't, how people are reacting to some of the things that happen. So that's what I got to say. I appreciate it, guys. I'll be available too before the next session if you guys have questions. And we'll kind of chat just so you guys know. We're going to chat a little bit about the same things in the next session. We might do a little bit more Q&A with some stuff. So I don't know what you guys, what your plans were, but just letting you guys know. So thank you, guys.